Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you can hear me, clap once. If you can hear me, clap twice. Those of you who are not here, please raise your hand. That's always my favorite like teacher joke thing, you know, you no, you don't you don't get it? Okay, so wake up everybody, here we are, Sunday morning. The reason I did this was to make sure you're here. Make sure you're here. To make sure that you're present. I want to make sure that you hear that you are present because frankly, I believe that too many of you are simply too busy to just be. Too busy to be. Too busy to be with people. Too busy to be with family. And most importantly, I would say, too busy to be with God. When I ask people the question, how are you doing? You know what answers I get most often? That is if people don't just say good or fine. You know what people say most often? I ask people this a lot. People say to me one of two things, and it's pretty much the same answer. I'm busy or I'm tired. How are you doing? Oh, busy. So busy. Or I'm so tired. And it's usually said with sort of a melancholy tone as in, oh, I'm just so busy. As in, don't you, don't you see how I'm feeling with all the things I've got going on? I'm just ugh, drowning in it. Don't you feel bad for me? Yet also, when people answer that way, with that melancholy tone, there's also another undertone that I pick up on. And it's also this is kind of undertone as of, as, as of saying, busyness is my badge of honor. <laughs> as in, here's my wager on the table. When you ask me how I'm doing, I say to you, I'm busy. I've got a lot going on. Don't you see how packed my schedule is? I must be important. How are you? How busy are you? How important are you? It seems that the exchange is going. I think many of you are too busy to be. And I'm not just pointing fingers at you, my friends in Christ, because when I say that, many fingers are pointing right back at me. Too busy to be. This is the theme for this second week, but first kind of full week in the Red Letter Challenge. If you're just joining with us, if you haven't been with us, we are doing a 40-day discipleship journey based out of a book called The Red Letter Challenge. We've got a book table set up after the service if you don't have one. But this first week introduces the theme of being, of being. And so this is the first week starting today where there is a daily challenge. Maybe some of you have already read today's reading. And if so, the daily reading is, uh, is to open up, or the daily challenge is to open up the scriptures today and hear what God has to say. This whole week will have to do with being. Just to be. And when I say that, when I say God invites us to be with him, it makes my body want to just kind of give a... Like a deep exhale. Just be. Just be. In the Red Letter Challenge, we're going to be focusing on five principles that Jesus' followers 
are, to, are called to live. And these five principles, again, these weekly themes, they are being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. And I've asked a lot of people, what out of these five principles do you think is going to be the most difficult for you personally to put into practice? I've had a lot of people say that the last one, going, to tell people about other, G, uh, uh, tell people other, tell other people about Jesus, that that's going to be the most difficult. But, but many, many people have also said that this first one, being, being is going to be the most difficult. And I suppose it makes sense because when surveyed, most people have said that they prefer doing things than they do just being. Most people are doers. They like to do stuff, get stuff done, accomplish tasks. They would rather have something to do than just to be. But I want you to hear this simple truth today. Before God ever asks us to do something for him, he invites us to be with him. Before God asks us to do something for him, he invites us to be with him. This is how God works. This is how God has always worked. It's evident in the beginning of the scriptures, in the Garden of Eden, we do not have a distant God who is far away. We have a present God who desires to be in a present relationship with his people. In the very beginning, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. After the fall into sin, God showed up. He appeared to Moses in the burning bush. He led the Israelites in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He promised that he would dwell with them in the tabernacle and in the temple. He spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these days, he's spoken to us by his son because he came into the flesh and the person of Jesus. Why? To be with us because God desires to be present with us and to have a relationship with us. God desires to be with you, my friends. And he is with you all the time. That's his promise. However, I think oftentimes we treat God like we're having a long-distance relationship with him. As in, you know, yeah, we're committed to one another, but he's out there somewhere in a different zip code, and, you know, I don't really see him all that much. I mean, I call him when I, when I need to talk to him. I think, that, I think a lot of us have some sort of, like, a long-distance relationship with God. When our God is not a long distance away, he is near, he is present. He desires to be with you, and he offers to be with you. He desires that you're in his presence. And so how is it as people that we can experience the very presence of this almighty God? How do you experience God's presence? There are a variety of ways, and throughout this week, you're going to be putting many of them into practice. Today, you're putting one into practice. You're here. You're here to hear God's word proclaimed to you, to have the forgiveness of sins given to you when the sacrament is offered. Jesus is with us. But a very clear and accessible way to experience the presence of God is given to you in the words of the Holy Scriptures. God has written down for you in the Bible his wonderful news for you. In our Old Testament lesson today, which was from the book of Ezekiel, which, by the way, if you haven't opened up the Red Letter Challenge reading for today, this is the reading also that goes with that day, or with today. In that reading, Ezekiel is commanded to do something kind of weird. 
God commands him to eat the scroll. Now, is this literal or figurative? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to take it as literal because I think that gets the point home. God commands Ezekiel, he says, eat this scroll. Here's, here's these words. Eat this scroll, Ezekiel, and go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth. And he gave me this scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it, and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. <laughs> Why did God command Ezekiel to eat the scroll? Whether it's figurative or literal, the point is this. God was commanding Ezekiel to put the word of God into his mouth so that it was so deeply in him, digesting in his body, that he would live and move and have his being fully fully enveloped in the word of God. And the Bible is full of places like this. Go and do a search about God commanding people to eat the word or having the word in the mouth. There's a whole bunch of places in scripture. Even our, our epistle lesson today from Romans chapter 10 says this. Paul wrote, the word is near you. Where? In your mouth <laughs> and in your heart. What about you, my dear Christian friends? How often are you opening up the Holy Scriptures of God and digesting that word? Reading it, marking it, inwardly digesting it. How often? In a survey of 2,900 Protestant churchgoers, they were asked, How many of you, how many of you desire to please and honor Jesus in all you do? Will you put this up on the screen? 90% of church-going Christians said they desire to please and honor Jesus in all they do. Wonderful. I hope that if people are going to church and they claim to be Christians, that they desire to please and honor Jesus in all they do. But when asked, how many of you read the Bible on a daily basis, you know what the percentage is? 19%. Dear Christian friends, where do you fall? How in the world are you supposed to know what you're supposed to do and say to honor and please Jesus if you don't read his word? And again, I'm not just pointing fingers at you. I understand. I understand that Satan wants us to not be in God's word, and I fall prey to also, at times, not open God's word on a daily basis for my own personal meditation as well. I understand that reality. But friends, I believe we can do better than 19%. And this sermon is not in order to induce guilt into you. I've sat in sermons where the pastor said, Gotta read your Bible, gotta read your Bible, gotta read your Bible. Yes, I believe that, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to tell you God has invited you into a relationship with him. And he is with you all of the time. Do you not desire to be in his presence? Friends, we need to learn how to be better. <laughs> and I don't mean we need to learn how to be better. We need to learn how to be and do it better. How to be better. How to be with God. Because as I've said, I think culturally, I think culturally so many of us are too busy to be. This affects ultimately our relationship with God, 
but it affects our relationships with our families. It affects our relationships with our friends. How many of us are just going, going, going all the time? You know, we think oftentimes that we can just live as Jesus followers in this world simply by just going and doing things. But we need to remember that our doing flows out of our being. So if we are not first being well with God, receiving his great gifts he promises to us in his presence, how can we do well? If we can't be well, how can we do well? And to be well, to be with Jesus, it takes practice. It takes time. It takes discipline. It takes intentionality to be with God on a daily basis. I know a lot of you just want to jump out there and accomplish some tasks, but being is a spiritual discipline. It is a simple yet profound necessity. Just as much as eating and sleeping and exercise is a necessity for your human well-being, as much as having regular conversations with your spouse is a necessity for your marital success, so it is that we need to spend time with our God in relationship with Him in order to live as His people in this world. Our doing flows out of our being. If we're not being well, we're not going to know how to do well. Let me tell you a little bit of something about me. You know, as, as I'm talking about these, this being a discipline and this being practice and this taking time, I am speaking to Aaron. I don't know if I'm speaking to you, but I'm speaking to Aaron because Aaron does not like to practice. <laughs> Aaron does not like to take his time. When I was a kid and I was taking piano lessons, I didn't like to practice. I like to just show up to my lessons and see how I did. Uh, you know, blessing and curse, uh, I'm pretty good at sight reading music, so I didn't have to practice and I could fool my teacher. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but, you know, I, I didn't like the practice. When I played sports, I didn't like to practice. I didn't like all the little simple fundamentals. I just wanted to go and play the game and get out there. That's my personality. I have a five-year-old son who is very much like me. <laughs> I've been taking my, older, my oldest daughter, Hazel, uh, to downhill ski lessons at Mount Ripley for the last two years. This last Friday, she just finished up her second year of downhill ski lessons. She's doing awesome. Skiing from the top of Mount Ripley, Black Diamonds, all that stuff. It's crazy. Uh, last year, I took my son Max uh, skiing one time just to get him the gist of it. Hazel had been doing lessons, and he really wanted to see what it was all about. And so we took him, we got him some skis, and we went to the little, like, beginner area. I tried to talk to him. I said, all right, buddy, here's how you put on the skis. Yeah, yeah, I know how to do that. I know how to do that. I don't think you do, so, you know, put your foot here, you know. Here's how to, here's how to stand on your skis. Hold my hand. And he goes, no, I got it, I got it. And he fell down, right? So, and then we tried to teach him, you know, buddy, here, point your toes. That's how you do it. Pizza, right? He said pizza. Yeah, I know. Pizza, pizza. And I said, the straightest French fries. I've seen the video. Hazel showed me the video. Let's go. Come on. I'm like, come on, buddy. You don't, you keep falling. You know, you gotta, you gotta get up. And finally I just gave in because he kept saying he had his eyes set on that T-bar. He wanted to go on the T-bar, you know, go to the midnight, do the whole thing. I said, fine, let's go. You know, so we 
we get on the T-bar, and I mean, I have to literally hold him up. He's, I'm physically doing a, a bicep curl the entire way up the T-bar. We get to midway, I set him down, and he's fine. He goes, all right, let's go. And I, I mean, he was ready to take off, but he couldn't even stand on the skis. So I'm holding the back of his jacket, just bombing the hill, and we get to the bottom. He thought it was the best. He thought it was the best. He wanted to do it over and over again. He was totally reliant on me, though, if I had let go, he was just going to fall and crash and crumble. You know, I don't know how to parent this kid. If any of you have any tips, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to parent myself, a little me, okay? But I just think of that, right? These spiritual disciplines that God has called us into, some of them take time. And they take practice. And being with God is one of great patience. One of great patience. And what a wonderful gift that is in a busy, frenetic, uh, crazy world in which we live. Having a healthy relationship with God takes time. Just as any relationship takes time to build trust and openness, the same could be said of our relationship with God. If you look at the scriptures, when Jesus called his first disciples, he first called them to be with him. He didn't command his disciples to go without him. First, he said, come and be with me. He said to the disciples, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't go up to Peter and James and, and John and Andrew and say, okay, you're fishers, go be fishers of men. No, he said, come first, be with me, follow me. Learn from me, spend time with me, watch me, experience me, live life with me, and you will see that I am living life with you and through you. Friends, many of us are simply too busy to be. But what if there's a different reality possible? I would say that there is a different reality possible. I would say there is a different reality possible for us, and it is being offered to us in this uh, second week of the Red Letter Challenge. Because if you desire a different reality for your life, one in which being in the presence of God is your central reality, then this is a good week to find out what it's all about. Because in this week in the Red Letter Challenge, we're going to put, to put into practice different spiritual disciplines on a daily basis. Things like today, scripture reading, fasting, prayer, Remembering the Sabbath and other things. These are all wonderful disciplines for us to focus on our being. And in this focus of being, we will learn to reflect. We will learn to rest. We will learn to take Jesus at his word when he says to us, Come to me, you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. In the presence of Jesus is the rest that you have been looking for. In the presence of Jesus, you will find the hope that you've been searching for. Jesus desires a relationship with you, and we experience his relationship by taking time with him. Today, if you haven't yet opened up the workbook, the challenge for today is plain and simple. The challenge simply says, open the Bible and start reading. <laughs> Open the Bible and start reading. And Pastor Zach recommends, if you don't know where to start, start in the book of John, the Gospel of John. And this challenge doesn't go away. 
This is a challenge to put in place tomorrow and the next day and all throughout this challenge and hopefully every day of your life. Those of you who have children here, I encourage you, may I say challenge you, if you're not already, read the Bible with your children daily, 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 daily. And if you don't have a good children's Bible at home, if you're looking for recommendations, let me know and we'll get you set up. Let me give you a little warning, though. If reading the Bible on a daily basis is something new for you, it may feel a bit awkward. No. Sort of like taking that long-distance relationship when you haven't been in real presence with somebody, and now that's a face-to-face -face relationship, and you go out to dinner with each other, and you sort of stare at each other awkwardly, wondering what to talk about, and getting to know each other face-to-face. -face. It might feel like that at first. Go with it. Keep going. You'll get to know him. Jesus is with you. He's with you. He wants to be with you. How many of you growing up, and this might be an older generational thing, maybe some of you are still putting this into practice, but how many of you as children were told to eat hot grains in the morning for breakfast in the winter in particular? I've heard it said that many mothers fed their children things like oatmeal, malt meal, cream of wheat, whatever, whatever it was to put in their bodies before going and walking to school or playing out in the snow or cold. And why was that? So that you would have food stick to your ribs. Did your mom ever say that? That, that food might stick to your ribs. I don't know about the scientific reality about having food stick to your ribs, but I understand it, you know, mentally that you got hot food and it's going and it's sticking to you. So that where you go, that warmth goes with you. I don't know about the scientific reality of this, but Christian people, I believe this is what God has invited us to in the reading of his word. Being Christian people, we are invited to approach his word as hungry people, desiring to eat that word so that it goes with us and we digest it. So it is my prayer that you would read God's word, that you would mark up God's word, that you would inwardly digest God's word on a daily basis. Inwardly digest it. I don't know, again, if we're taking this literally or metaphorically, but if you're, I don't know, if you're reading a paper Bible, or if you're reading a Bible on your cell phone, if you're going to inwardly digest it, I would recommend eating paper over electronics, okay? So, uh, you know, whatever you're going to do, put it into your body. Let God's word sink into you. This is my prayer. This is the challenge for today. Open up God's word. Open up God's word. This is the challenge for today, for the next 40 days, and hopefully every day of your life. Jesus does not want to have a long-distance relationship with you. He wants to have a close intimate, personal relationship with you. And in him, you will find peace. In him, you will find hope. In him, you will find identity, purpose, belonging, and all the things you've been searching for. I hope in this week, this week, you will not be too busy to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.